just the idea of stan accounts because this has been like a crazy week for like stan accounts i feel like i've seen a bot level of stan accounts on my timeline i'm thinking it finally like hit me how weird a stan account is like this is like where they just post weird. is it like the is it like where they pretend to be Kylie Jenner? No, no. Is no. it like is it like the Mark Jackson's burner or is it like the <laughs> no, Kylie like, Jenner fan page stand account? Like like what type of stand account? It's not even fan page, it's like Are they posing the them? like it's like news and updates. N- news and uh, updates and it's like everything they do, if they're having a conversation with somebody else, if their favorite artist is having a conversation with somebody else on Twitter, they're gonna jump in at other person's comments and be like responding as if they're the artist and I'm like, bro, oh no, nah, that's crazy. Oh, that one. Okay. Are you okay? That's that's like, that's a little sick. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I don't, as if I don't they're like gonna those. see that shit. <laughs> that's the funny thing it's about the responding comments. as the artist is insane. <laughs> Came in that bitch fifteen racks. I'ma leave out with a honor. I know young niggas toast this and beat the block down like a drone. They seen us in this car already. Let's go lurk out in a Honda. I'm from where this shit get wicked. You can't even show your mama. Niggas steady dying. Don't forget that it's a bloody summer. Three hundred blackout in the back seat, make it clap and sound like thunder. He steady talking about putting them up. Was this the biggest album to drop this weekend? Probably not. But let's start, you know, let's do it do justice to Ari Lennox, ASX Location. The most anticipated follow-up to her, um, you know, debut project, Shea Butter Baby. Uh, 12 songs, only, I believe it was one feature, Lucky Day. Um, no, two features. Don't don't discredit. Chloe had her best feature. Oh, yeah, all right. Chloe, like, Chloe. Yeah, she was Taj, on saying, Taj, on And she threw one, in a uh, Summer stock. Walker track on this project, too. Yeah, and the Summer Walker track Smart. from EP. So three features. Um, I thought I thought it was a good mix. The Lucky Day is, is always a no-brainer with like somebody like a Ari. Um, Lucky Day is like Shaq. Like that's what I'm saying. If you like, pair that nigga with a cold guard, he's winning you a ring. Yeah, Lucky Day is definitely a Shaq. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, that's a given. I already knew. I was like, we just that's just a win. Like you know when you look on the schedule, and you just like, yeah, that's a W. Like I ain't even got to think about that game. But uh, she, this is just you know she she definitely just brings a. a, a a more old soul dimension, like real, like Jill Scottish vibe that you know. I think we don't really have a lot of, if any, in like R and B right now. So definitely refreshing to sort of to sort of be able to hear that real soul. Um, I called it. Uh, what did I call it? I, I had like a little additive for it. I say this is protect your peace music type shit. Like some um, niggas selling candles. <laughs> I don't saying like, protect your peace. That's definitely a candle scent. Just like just clean the apartment, like candle on music. So, um, but but in all seriousness, it's obviously like you heard the album, you heard like all you need to hear, like ultra talented, incredible songwriter, um, unique. So, thought it was a great project. You know, one of the better R and B projects of the year. Only thing was. It was a little short for me. Um, this is one of those instances I probably would have appreciated, like, you know, two or three more tracks to just to make the album feel more full. But it was good, nonetheless. I thought it was great. Uh, her last project was very, very soul. Like, if you did a spectrum of, like, current R&B, like, sound, and then, like, past R&B, super soul, Shea Butter Baby was very much on the leaning towards past R&B sound. I think that's why I didn't get it as much love as it deserved and it got snubbed at a bunch of award shows and i think she definitely kind of merged blended contemporary r&b and like her staple sound of that like what chance said that older r&b way better on this project and it just flows it's an easier album to revisit whereas like shea butter baby like you have to be in that certain mode but once you're in that mode it hit like crazy this one kind of hits more easily like i've listened to it literally every morning since it drops it doesn't really hit as much at night but in the morning, it's like a great wake up, get, my, get your day started project. Light your incense music, like, definitely well, that vibe. I did, I, the only, like, critique I had about the whole album, I think it was great. The only critique was just some of the hooks were kind of corny. Like, yep. the hoodie track was kind of corny. Bro. Thank you. Uh, I didn't want to be yeah. a hater. It was, it was only on the hooks, though. Like, the verses, were, that's what kind of confused me, because the verses were really good, but the hooks were it was like, ah, she's trying to, like, it's, nah. Kind of you can tell she was just like she was trying to get her aligners off. Like she she was really trying to relate and like yeah, like something the, that people she wanted can do the captions too. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, she wanted the tweets and shit, and it's just like all right, like I see what she was doing. But that was like the only the negative captions. I had with the whole project. Chloe, that's uh, leak it with Chloe and Ari. That's a great great song. Like 
even just the theme of like go ahead leak the sex tape i look good in it like that's a crazy theme to go with for a whole song and then both just like running it was hard uh then all, chance already mentioned the lucky day but like that nigga should be an actor the, the fact that he's able to just like have right. chemistry with everybody he does a track with like that like i thought these niggas had a whole project in the tuck the type of chemistry they had on this track so he it was just good. Need, he should need to do a follow-up to that table for dude where he that table for two where he just um like just pick like a new set of like seven like R and B artists. He could definitely like, get that off yearly, like a yearly. Yeah, easily. I mean, they just forget thing. Lucky Day is like thirty five. Like he's not new to this shit. Yeah. He's been doing this R and B thing, so I think he's definitely a good example. Of like, okay, shout out to the Biddy. He got the Ola made. He got the John Eric. Who? Lucky Day. Oh yeah, he's from, from New, Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, I forgot that y'all do have him. I still got to listen to that Candy Drip album. I didn't love it when it first came out, but I feel like people are like holding you it. Gotta up. go back to it for sure. People are holding it up as like one of the best projects this year, so I gotta revisit. I would give it that for sure. All right, we move from wherever Ari Lennox is from to Toronto. The Six, Cash, EXO, Nav. Dreams. Talk about it. Demons buried by angels, or what was it called? Protected, protected by, by angels. angels. Demons protected by angels. Oh, before before you get into that, let's talk about just briefly this cover art. What does this remind you of? Is this is this what's his name? Um, who did it? Graduation. No, this isn't Takashi Murakami. Not Murakami. That's who did graduation. What's well, yeah? That's a con- that was that was Murakami. This is not him, right? No, I don't, I don't believe so. That's not. Don't disrespect. Yeah, don't disrespect I, yeah, yeah. It's a little disrespectful. It don't. It don't look like his quality, but it looks like somebody trying to be him. I don't believe No. Um, Talk about the features first, man. We're well, like, look, look, okay, first, first of all, bro. This is like week three of me needing us needing apologies because I came on here talking about the Nav you need album, apologies. about the about the Nav album, and niggas were like, this drop, no, this drop, this that. drop. Y'all, you want to talk about the Nav, bro? Nav, damn near. Fuck, he dropped the best project this weekend this is insane he, he, one he, he didn't drop the best project this weekend two to think that i would laugh at nav when i have like defended nav t- t- by myself dropped, but you don't but you don't like you don't like project nav. this weekend not the best project the best hip-hop though mm. i give him that nav album um just super solid like he had an interview with full send podcast talking about how he had a drake feature secure but he didn't want to put the Drake feature on because it would have overshadowed like the rest of the project. Chance mentioned that he still assembled the industry Avengers by getting everybody else possible on his album. But, you know, like I respect it. I thought it was a pretty good move because I won't lie. If I did see a Drake feature, I would have just jumped straight to that song and probably would have just ran that song. Um, but it forced me to run the album. And I must say, like, Nav tapped in. Um, like, this is, I think, what stood out for me as obviously as a producer like i'm listening to the production and if you listen to like some of these songs um like the song demons in my cup like that beat sounds like a almost like a can can beat or like a yeet beat like he's tapping in with a lot of these producers i think that was benji cole um who just does a lot of work for like more underground artists it's kind of like when we play a whole lot of red and we heard like all these filthy tags and Shit that we've been hearing on Lucky Songs for five, six years. Like, now hearing them in the mainstream, like, mainstream light, just greater appreciation for the artists that are deciding to, like, break that level of the underground and tap in with producers. So, knowing Nav was originally a producer, like, that's really probably what I stood out to me the most on the album was, like, oh, he's really tapping in with the underground to get, like, newer-sounding shit. Like, because he really could have just gone and worked with Metro and Southside and all these greats, um probably 40 could have gotten a f- production or beat by him but he tapped in um you are a heartless nigga nigga nav came on the first track and said i almost slipped my wrist <laughs> advanced if only the thing that stood out to me on the project was the production <laughs> i wasn't i said it was the main thing i said it was the main thing bro like i'm not i'm not here to i'm not here to talk like if nav was dealing with his problems like that's cool but they're gonna listen to that gun and big hermes i don't know how to dance like, yeah, we gotta, like, again, I guess we have to reiterate, like, this was supposed to be Gunna's year. Um, cause that song is a fucking smash. The Gunna song is a smash. Playa, um, I think the single with Lil Baby and Travis Scott sounds a little bit better in the sequence of the album, Never Sleep. Um, Dead Shot with Uzi's Crazy. The other song with Uzi is Crazy, Interstellar. 
Um, my only complaint was that the album was a little bit too long for my liking, but I understand. Bro's trying to get his dreams up, so shout out Nav. Like, uh, really well-rounded project, in my opinion. I'll say this. He almost, almost beat the allegations. Um, You're a fucking hater. Oh, oh, what the There's no more Nav allegations, my nigga. The, the allegations was that YSL was sort of carrying Nav. I will say, like, I want to say mean, that's an allegation. Are we not going to lie? But that was his best project. His best songs. But it's not YSL. Project, I mean, that's like, from. It's low key just Wheezy. I don't think so. All right. I don't even think his best songs or project come from YSL. I mean, that was definitely, his best project. That was definitely his, his best project was his first project. Nah, that yeah, doesn't man, count. I'm talking though. about as of count. late, yeah, nah. like remaining relevant. That don't count. Yeah. As of late, okay. If you're gonna move the goalpost, then of course his last project. I mean, nigga, that was 2016. We're in 2023. <laughs> yeah, nah. If, if we're talking about okay. the new shit, I'm not talking about the the Nav nigga, You just title. said best project. I said okay, his best project is the first one. <laughs> I guess we're talking out of like good habits, bad habits. Like when he did all those albums, and then plus these new joints, and then he did the Metro album, like the Minute Joint, whatever. The Metro one was better than the Weezy one. Nah, see, that's what you're smoking. Perfect timing was not better yeah, than bro. It was. That mm. Nav Weezy album was like great. That perfect timing okay. was better. Perfect timing was not better, but it's whatever. That's for another day. Um, I feel like it was more versatile. But anyway, back to here. Um, you know, I'm just gonna ring out the features right quick. No, why didn't, why didn't why didn't why didn't you beat the allegations? You didn't. I just huh. You never gave because any I was going to get into the features because I'm like. He ditched YSL for literally everybody. Um, they got Cactus Jack, FBG, 4PF. What do you got OTF. That's what I'm saying. Like, Because this is the exact same tr- feature list that everybody else goes with. Everybody gets Gunna. Everybody gets Dirt. Everybody tries to get Uzi. What are you mad at Nav for? I'm just like every song. And it's just, I'm not mad. I'm like, literally the only two songs I'm mad at was Interstellar and then, uh, was it loaded? Yeah, loaded was just like Not trim the them song. two and maybe like one of the the last three after the baby face. Ball and peace keep that trim wrong decisions of destiny. Wrong decisions and was then good. yeah, well trim destiny then. Them were the them were the three weakest. Um, and we didn't need the second Uzi vert. Like if, he just left that as a single. Like I didn't need to hear Uzi twice on this project. Best feature, you the realest, the realest, the realest K. Easily the best feature on this whole project. Told niggas. Probably, yeah. I, I, I've been fucking with Realist K. Um, Travis Scott. He got me. He got me excited with his with his verse. I liked it. Um, <laughs> and obviously there was there was a lot of good here. I thought Future maybe had the weakest feature, which is unfortunate. It's, it's rare, but that was a solid song too. That Don Tolliver, that shit was kind of solid. That Don Tolliver was yeah. I fuck with that. He had Babyface. He even threw Bryson Tiller on here with the reset. Bryson Tiller trying to trying to get relevant again. So this was this was a really solid outing. You know, I'm a, I'm a little surprised by Nav. I think you know he had a few moments on here where he he just went back to um, the elementary flows, like just regressed a little bit. But ultimately, you know, I think this is this is best rapping in a while. He had a lot of good verses, a lot of good flows, a lot of good moments on here. You know, as himself, apart from all his features, so he held his own, um, really solid. Neither of you guys really mentioned the angle of the album that I liked the most, which was the the intro. I thought that was what the album was about. Like Nav is really sad; he's lost a bunch of his friends to jail or dead, and he captured that on a few songs. And those were like the highlights to me. Like last of the Mohicans was great, and that was no feature. I thought. Uh, what is a Mohican before? Because I didn't know what that. I don't know. Was. It, it just sounds mo- like an ancient a, civilization. It's a mo- it's a movie. There was a movie, right? The Last of the Mohicans. And yeah, I, but he's basically saying how he's like on this song. He's just saying like he's the last of like his tribe of friends that's free, or like, and he's got nobody to celebrate with. It was a good song to me. I'll describe it. They're an Eastern Algonquian Native American tribe that historically spoke. All right, so I was right. In Algonquian language. And it looks like they were located in, like, a little north, like, on a border between New York State and, what is this, like, so, Vermont? So he's Massachusetts, like, that area. 
I don't think anybody was wondering where the Mohicans were. were. But hey, like I will say that's low key. Like that's pretty close to Nav. Like Nav right there in Toronto. Like New York and Toronto. Yeah. That's like a two hour drive. So, I mean, it's not New York City, but close enough. Okay, well, last of the Mohicans, man. Shut up, Nav, man. Next project, Yeet Life. Projects to sell thirty k. I I just thought it might have been a little jump. This project. I thought he was going to him and Nav were going to be closer, a little bit closer. Thirty k. Yeah, Nav is projected to sell fifty k. I was thinking he was going to be like pushing forty k this time. Nah, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's a them EP. numbers sound right to y'all. Thirty and fifty k isn't each supposed to be the biggest artist in the world? Bro, he's literally like neither of them. Bro, not the biggest no, artist I in hate, the world, I hate, but I, like I hate niggas. Like you guys want to hate Yeet so fucking bad. It's incredible. I didn't say we any bad know. word about like, nigga, I just baby, said what he's projected baby to sell. Babyface Ray sold like fucking ten k. Boston, yeah, but Babyface Ray, Babyface Ray, and Yeet is not on the same. Trajectory. No, no, I'm just Yeet, saying. I'm like Yeet got lift lifts um collabs and shit. I mean, yeah, like thirty k is just like all right. Like, right, no, you I'm not letting you. Speak. I was like, I'm, no, I'm about to. I'm about to, I'm about to fucking mute. I was just shocked because his last project did thirty k, and I thought he picked up way more steam since then. Okay, so this, is thought, seven, so, this is a seven. This is a seven song. This is a seven song EP with one feature. You can't. It's ask. not. It's twelve. Life is twelve songs. Okay, well, it's a EP with one feature. Like, you can't expect twelve songs is an EP. I mean, yeah. Like it's an EP. It's not. It's literally not the album. That's like I don't like t- chance. talking about music either. is insane. I said when, I guess it's short. But when I said, like, do you have you seen the niggas' albums? The albums are like fucking 25, 30 songs. So yes, twelve. Thank songs God we didn't a, get that. Twelve songs is an EP. <laughs> Fuck. Twelve songs is an EP. Um, yeah, man, you don't have to be upset because the niggas lapping who you called the hottest rapper of twenty twenty two. Um, in sales, his sing- well, I don't. I just saw. All right, bro. Go ahead. No, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, he lapping. He lapping, little baby. All right. Thirty k for a um. Thirty k is about what I expected, to be honest. I do see what Taj is saying, like expecting a jump, but he had a little. He had some projects to compete with, so I thought it was a win, like pretty solid to do thirty forty k with a fucking one Uzi feature, and like kind of bare bones promo got it like i think people are it's one of those things where you have to also remember like our podcast like the whole point is that we're getting on the shit early and like by the time that people are starting to catch up on a lot of shit we're gonna be over it which is like why i think we're having the sentiment where we're expecting yeet to sell like way more i think we have this misconception that he's like bigger than he actually is which like that's why i send the stats that i send because like it's impressive for him to like reach these milestones it's not like he's this huge artist that's selling a lot like this nigga bad bunny just had his like what 18th straight week like like top two or some shit like that Did like, you guys know bad bunny's making 90 percent of every dollar his album makes that nigga is getting rich this year yeah i know he's independent i, I feel like we, you meant i feel like we mentioned that one time like he's the 90 he's, percent he's, the, yeah. he's, he's just independent he's he's no no he's, he's just he's, he's an empty fat yeah he's independent like I don't think people talk about that enough either. Like he's that is incredible. He's by far the most popular independent artist like we've ever seen. Ever. Um, but yeah, like Yeet, thirty k, solid sales. I like the EP a lot. Um, I'm just glad he switched. Like he switched the sound up a little bit. You could tell he had some songs where like he went back to his like kind of formula. I would say. Um, but then you had other songs that were just like a little bit different. Uh, Can't stop it with Benny X. Song. Just great music, um, Batman music. Uh, I think somebody even put it over. They even put it over the the Batman clip, the final scene in the Batman. And the shit was perfect. They put it over the wrong scene. They should have did the car chase scene. Then it would have been perfect. When that nigga was like, the car was flipped over. And yeah. The was like looking out. That's when Batman's walking. You see Batman in the review, and then just can't stop it. Starts playing. Yeah, and he that's how I envision it. <laughs> he comes out of the smoke. Yeah, like it was. A, it was a solid EP. I think Uzi did his thing. Like, shout out Uzi, man. Like, that's another thing. Like, Uzi drops fire features on two separate albums in the same weekend. And I feel like we've gotten this from Uzi before, where he'll pop out on multiple albums in the same weekend. He also had a song lead called Bank Teller, which is super fire. Like, Uzi's been on his, Uzi's been on his shit um, these last couple months. So, yeah, solid music weekend. I don't really have anything else to talk about. There's a Zaya Bell album. I don't think you guys listen to that, but she's like an R&B artist coming up. Super fire. I almost call it Yam Greer. You should listen. Very, very, very solid music. 
Um, and Cash Cobain and Chow Lee up in New York, they're doing the whole like R&B drill. I can't. I, they have so many names for it, like sexy drill, sex and beat, like all these different titles, whatever. But uh, they're doing the whole drill thing. They dropped their deluxe to Too Slizzy, Too Sexy. Also, very very good music. Um, yeah, it's my that's my wrap up. That's all I listened to this week. I'll add Genevieve Rendezvous EP. Mm. It was it was okay. I mean, Genevieve has a very high floor, meaning like even if it's like not her best, it's still going to sound pretty good just because the sounds she has. So that's probably how I would describe it. Great. I'll get into um in this first leg with with Unheard. Um, we talked about the realest K on a Nav feature. I thought it played one of his. His songs play um Toxic by Realist K. Baby, try to look me in my eyes. Tell me everything that I said twice. Baby, tell me why are you lying? Everything you said, why are you crying? Baby, move slower. I've been fucking on your shit since October. Don't try to go and ask me if I know her. Cause I don't care and I don't. I just saw an article just dropped talking about the mediocrity of white rappers. Taj isn't gonna like it, but it's a little spicy, but I do think it's fact. Why am I not gonna like it? Because there's, like there's, because there's Mac Miller, there's Mac Miller slander. Oh, that's crazy. But the mediocrity of white rappers. It's kind of valid. It it talks about Jack Harlow through the lens of Mac Miller, damn near. And it's essentially just like, I mean, I, I still have to this. read, the, I still have to read the full article, but it's so they're not calling Mac Miller mediocre. They're just saying not mediocre, but they're saying like he kind of set a precedent for Jack Harlow to be where he is in the space of white mediocrity. Like he was basically saying. How many true people with a voice that matter in music have we really heard call Mac Miller a legend? Like, not the fans, not his peers, but, like, how many people have we... Like, because we hear it all the time on Twitter. Mac, legend. Mac, God, like... I'm only going... But it's, it is true. Like, it's not like the nigga is, like, regarded as, like, a legend in, in music. It was, like, his posthumous... A claim is damn near kind of what's being challenged in this article. I mean, it's not his fault that niggas didn't pay attention to his music till he died. <laughs> like he was dry, the quality of music is there. There will be no posthumous acclaim if the music quality wasn't there. But I think that's what they're yeah, saying is like the fact that nobody was fucking with his music when it was out. Like it was for good reason, not good reason, I mean, but there was a reason behind <laughs> it. Exactly, and niggas was sleep. Like <laughs> if it took him dying for them to actually pay attention, that's on him. That's not on him. Nope, 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 nope. You're not about to do this. Uh, it's kind of true though. They're, they're I will say true. this because it is fact. And Mac Miller is like was my favorite artist ever for about nine years. So but, what's true? Watching anything, watching movies and posts like from Blue that, Slide Park to this, Jack Harlow, rap fans can't shake their enchantment with inoffensive, uninspired whiteness. I will say this. I will say that's what I was gonna say. Like. Okay, I'm not going to see Mac this Miller, argument, but if you want to go early Mac Miller and say, all right, we look at like kids, like Blue Slide Park, like Macadelic. Donald Trump. Yeah, You're early like, Mac Miller. Right, he, he, he blew up off of Donald Trump. Like, I think that's but nobody, point. Okay, but what did he even do if after he blew up? He, blew up, he like, the evolution chose to go is back. insane. I mean, he obviously, yeah, not go he, that route. yeah, he grew his music, but again, regardless, like, I think the point nah. is just that there's so many, like, other people making similar music. And it was just like, nah, as soon as he nah, died, niggas nah, held him up nah, to like a pedestal of nah. like godness. So here we go. Nah. Amid all the posturing and confusion as to why a grading mediocrity like Jack Harlow is now a superstar, we forget that his massive commercial success has been made possible by the lookalikes of the past and that the Harlow type characters are a timeless feature of the grift that is American fame. Rap fans of every color always seem to fall for people like Harlow, a guy whose whiteness makes him easy to sell to the masses and who also has good enough rap etiquette for black people to accept him. One of his crucial forerunners was Mac Miller, uh, who tragically died of a drug overdose in 2018 at the age of 28. 
Since then, Miller has somehow become the subject of an upcoming biography. Somehow. No, it's fact, bro. Like, I feel it. <laughs> bro, I feel him. Like, he's the, listen, oh. he's the subject of an upcoming biography held an audience of 20 million monthly Spotify listeners and has been credited with an annual posthumous album. The last one came out this past July. It is all way too celebratory for a musician that made progressive-seeming rap for secret simpletons. In the same way, Harlow is mid for the proletariat, Miller is mid for the faux thinkers. Who wrote this article? There's, I'm about to say, there's, who wrote no way this? You, there's so much hater subtext in this article, Van. Please just let me know who wrote this. Early in his career, Mac Miller was known as a frat rapper. Miller rapped yes, about his true. dick, drinking, and weed in the same vein as Asher Roth or even Ad Rock. Okay, he, made an, okay, true. he made an album for the frat boys. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait, wait, like, pause, that's what I'm pause, saying, pause. bro. What? But listen, listen, let me just pause you right there to comment on this specific point. Was that not? He, he was in Pittsburgh with, like, what, Wiz? And all those cats, like, Bro, they finish? were all rapping like that. They were fucking kids. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, let's, let's hear the full argument, Chance. He made an album for the frat boys that got bullied by the more dominant frat boys. There wasn't even a pathological American psychotype ethos for listeners to grapple with in Miller's early work, which offered white male me- mediocrity in especially miniature form. It also wasn't believable because it didn't go deep enough. Rap listeners want to hear the darkest thoughts that the well-meaning side of your brain doesn't want you to say. At least one major white rapper has broken through that important mental and artistic barrier. The music of Eminem has had its sacrifice of musicality and other pitfalls, but only Woody Allen, Kendall Roy, and Bill Clinton did white male angst, as well as Mr. Mathers. Of course, Woody's male angst is more specifically Jewish than Eminem's. Miller was Jewish, too, but that's an identity that's more part of Drake's work than his. Miller generally shied away from anything as interesting as all that and rarely rhymed about what, if anything, his Jewish background meant to him. Suburban fan- the suburban fantasia that both exists within and dutifully devours the works of Judd Apatow and Adam McKay can sleep well at night knowing that Blue Slide Park, Miller's 2011 full-length, sold a respectable 150,000 albums in the first week after its 2011, good for number one on the Billboard charts. Needless to say, it got some awful reviews. Pitchfork gave it a 1.0 in what amounted to a public spanking. Black, quote, black fans can't understand why someone loved in part because of his whiteness is so mad at the world. Miller was embarrassed. Miller showed he was willing to tackle more complex sounds within jazz rap, signaling to audiences that he was hip to more cutting-edge sounds and an active part of a thriving artistic community. He never rapped that well and never made a project that advanced his subgenre of progressive jazz rap but he was able to push to the next level of fame by becoming a well-known cog in a larger machine. Next came 2013's watching movies with the sound off. Um, as Miller was blowing up, something about his success struck me as inauthentic and unearned. People work harder to get better in all kinds of different fields, but they still have to be skillful as their damn selves. Despite his struggles with substance abuse, Miller owes his style to the better rappers who inspired him, not to his own personal experiences on songs like 100 Grandkids, he has bars that sound like the 2000s Atlanta trap icon Jeezy. I could sell snow to a ski slope. And others that are unremarkable weed talk. Typical of Miller, the song has no rich ideas. Even its most biting parts aren't edgy enough to risk seeming acceptable. Meanwhile, Miller can never get to the level of the superior artist he worked with. The shadow of Earl Sweatshirt, a rapper whose angst and sophistication widely outspaces Miller's, was, hover- was hovering over every album Miller ever made. Now guys like... Now, guys like Earl and Vince wouldn't ever complain that Miller couldn't hang with them skill-wise. Miller was their friend and collaborator. Miller paid his dues and put the two LA Trailblazers in a position where they could succeed off the former frat rapper's growing fame. Miller's production, the best aspect of his work, was owned through hours of studio time with those two gentlemen. This proximity explains Miller's legitimacy in hip-hop circles better than his actual music does. That's like my point. That, and I think that sums it up. It's like his peers and shit were more validating for him in that space than like his actual music like it didn't take until 2018 swimming did people actually validate mac miller's music in the shit and that's not true though it is it's not everything true. else was super super niche mac was valid after watching movies with the sound off that's what it mac was, was but, valid. but it was under but it was still but it was still underground like niche and even then it wasn't seen as complex music i also don't understand how you could say his first project <laughs> sold 115,000. And then the nigga clearly goes back and starts making more complicated music. Literally sacrifices the sales, sacrifices the fan base. It wasn't though, because it got shit on. The album got shit on, critically. Okay, but who cares if he's making money? If he was doing it in the Jack Harlow route of just trying to be a superstar, 
wouldn't he stay on the route that was selling 115000 Why would he go the other route and basically turn himself into an underground artist? Because, his, because his peers, he needed, he needed um, what's his name? He wanted authenticity in rap. And in order to do that, he had to join up with the Earls and the Vinces. Like, he wasn't going I to ever get this. the authenticity in rap if he just stayed doing frat, frat boy music. Looking at the evolution of his music, though, like, it seems like, to me, there's a clear, like, character arc. Like, to me... I guess, like, like, I right, feel like, you, I little, feel you. In retrospect, I, you're right. Like, the nigga grew, he got better at music. But I think even the during point, the time... The point is, is, like... The point is, I guess, what they're saying is that, like, Mac damn near, like... And it's like that's the point of the white mediocrity is that like yo a white rapper is just going to get way more chances to break through, and they're going to be able to do it in way more mediocre ways than like other rappers. And I think that's all due to saying I I, I generally agree with the premise of that of that it, argument. Looping Mac in here though, like exactly. it doesn't apply to Mac Miller. That doesn't apply to him if it applies but to no, Mac but, Miller, but, then but, then after Max albums, he would after Max albums where he linked himself to black creators as the article suggests. He would have popped off and ate off their work, but Mac, those projects weren't getting lauded when Mac was alive. So I don't understand the argument. I get it. He took Zeus keeps talking about everybody because like it's it, like the thing is you can't have this conversation about Jack Harlow, Post Malone, and Yeet with when just fully disregard Mac Miller and act like he was an anomaly and he was above the like. No, it's it's a very crucial part in this white rapper construction. Like you can't you can't have the conversation about Post Malone and. Because that's dude, dude keeps he mentions all these guys like Post Malone, the next white hip hop megastar after Eminem was written off by critics, even white ones, for making statements that contribute to rockist and popist tropes about hip hop as a genre lacking emotional awareness. Not only was this asinine view not true, it was especially rich address to a guy whose breakout song was called White Iverson. Nowadays, Malone has settled into a bland career headlining festivals and arenas. He barely says anything anymore. He learned how to be acceptable and nothing else. Organ rapper Yeet, who is far less radio-friendly than Post Malone, is currently making waves for his woozy production, but it's a farce. Yeet is not a strong writer, nor is he particularly mysterious, no matter how hard he seems to be trying. Listen past the bells and reverb, and his music is a version of Cardi and the Young Stoner Life Records trap sound, except without their engaging personalities. When Cardi's rapping, it's subversive and challenging, and his use of negative space is unnerving. If Yeet sounds like a white kid that wanted to rap after hearing Whole Lot of Red or Back from the Dead, it's because that's exactly who he is. The Portland product is nothing more than a junkie of edgier sounding popular tastes. He's the cautionary tale or the poster child for SoundCloud rap tropes. Nothing about him is personable or inscrutable. He's just a guy who likes music. Bingo. He was spot fucking on there. Yeet and, like Yeet and Miller are both rappers. Yeet and Miller are both rappers with a supposedly futuristic sound. But they do nothing remarkable with their apparent love of the better earlier music. At its worst and most cynical, their output is a corrupt comedy under the guise of pro- progressive rap. That's comparing Yeet and Mac Miller the same. That is insane. Yeet is Yeet is But I don't know though, because like y'all that like y'all insane. y'all must not have been like were y'all there for Max like Max upbringing was like kind yes. of similar to this, the Yeet shit, bro. Matt was Mac was literally a cult like faint like a cult favorite like that's what I'm saying but Mac turned down his cult status Mac didn't ride that cult status he literally went did a 180 I disagree you can hear it what is the disagree like he became lo-fi beats on to study and chill to like that is the cult that he took over like that is the pocket that he occupied and he got <laughs> more recognition than other people that are in that lane so it's like what recognition Mac Max, you can't say Max Projects only got recognition after he died I didn't because say he that. died. I didn't say and that. also say he adopted a cult following by taking these sounds. Like you can't, you got to pick one. Was he clouded when he was alive, or was he not? Like no, he was. Which just, one is he was he? just saying that like the acclaim has jumped a, a significant amount. Like bro, where people held Mac Miller before he passed, and where people hold him after he passed, like fully different scale. You have to admit that's a fact. Okay, but is that because I will he say passed this. or is that on, because on. they actually listened no, to his recent work? Because, wait, wait, wait. Let me just passed. ask you one more thing. Bro, the nigga got is nominated it, for album of the year. Can I ask you one more thing? Only because he died. Did he not follow up with two incredible projects and in Swimming and Deluxe for a newer Mac Miller fan, regardless of whatever? Swimming was really Even good. Even an older but, one. But again, that I'm would just sound like a hater. But do you know why Swimming was so well like regarded? It's because he was actually saying I mean, something for the first time. That's he said something on Divine Feminine. Yeah, exactly. Mm, 
Divine Feminine was good. So like I'm not gonna argue that argue argue you there, but swimming was like I want people to remember why swimming was like it was because he, it was because he was finally starting to say shit. Um, he started saying shit with watching movies. Mm-mm. If you ask me, and that's twenty thirteen. He started to say shit, but at the same thing, like how old was Mac when he died? Twenty six. How old was he? How old was he when Blue Slide dropped? Like what? Yeet and his trademark headwear. Seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Like Yeet come on, his, man. Yeet like and his trademark headwear <laughs> put him closer to Malone than to Miller, but they're all from the same ilk. They're white rappers whom originality isn't the selling point. As with Miller, white fans love this dude. On the music blog Nobel's YouTube page, there's a video where a white fan. Who suspiciously, who suspiciously looks like Jack Harlow, says that Yeet is just the goat. Like, who else is fucking with him? That's what I'm saying. Like, y'all are acting like the Yeet come up isn't similar to Mac Miller. Like, all the white boys were holding Mac as the goat yeah, of rap. A, they were okay. saying he's better than Vince. He's if better you, than... If you and an author this article phrase it as early Mac Miller, I'll be like, okay, I agree. But just phrasing it as Mac Miller's whole career is crazy because it's just not true. But it's not. He's telling the story of Mac's career. At least Mac Miller eventually became a passable writer, something Yeet, Post Malone, and Harlow haven't become and may never become. His taste led him to understand that in order to succeed. This is a stupid-ass argument. Yeet is nine nine months into his career versus Mac Miller, who has an entire discography. Bro, you you have to understand, like, how to comprehend things, bro. He's clearly talking about the rise and, like, how fans are attracting and learning about these people. He's not talking about... But he's continuing to call it mediocre. He hasn't championed, like, how the music has transform he literally is or, he's ta- he discussed that's what i'm saying bro. It's he an said article. it became passable come on bro his taste yes. his taste his <laughs> that is so fucking his taste led him to understand that in order to succeed the slushy and cloudy raps of earl sweatshirt had to become his style too dropping bars about addiction no matter how average they are is also a personally risky move that can get you a huge amount of fans if the music connects which it clearly do you not hear the hater subtext you're reading though <laughs> like every compliment is a backhanded like Every compliment is backhand. Miller was trying his best to succeed, and the attempt actually does count for something. I genuinely think most white rap fans and artists aren't posturing and actually do care about hip-hop. Most of them aren't trying to make a joke of the genre. To be a human being is to give people grace and patience. And to be a black hip-hop fan is to want hip-hop to be recognized while still being wary of who will recognize it, how, and why. White fans who don't come from the same background as us are figuring it out. White fans are most earnestly trying to engage in a genre that occupies space in the minds and hearts of black Americans in every place in the nation. Because of the socioeconomic prison that rappers grow up in, they understand the freedom a black person has when they finally have achieved their dreams. In the course of gaining this freedom, the best rappers come to understand how conditional and unusual that freedom is, meaning that no matter where they go, they still aren't totally free. Even when rappers start to turn into billionaires like Jay-Z, they discover the ravening and ironclad mentality needed to reach and stay at that level. Rap is a genre, but it's also life, no matter if it's expressed in a high-minded protest song or in a popular street anthem like We Paid. When Mac Miller became big, what did it really mean? His success was almost a manifestation of the less frightened mindset of the white fan. Miller was trying earnestly to succeed in hip-hop. People saw him working hard and paying his dues. When he tragically passed, fans were shell-shocked. He had made it. He had a feature on a DJ premiere beat. He had a song with the legendary Cameron. Mac was so persistent and likable that people now thought of his high status as... How old is this guy? Mac was so persistent and likable that people now thought of his high... But that's what I'm saying, Chance. He's, he's talking about white rap fans. To a white rap fan, he had made it. White niggas love, like, DJ Premier or, like, Cameron. That's the, that's the whole point is that, okay, he had made it. He had this proximity to black people. White fans want... Mac was so persistent and likable that people now thought of his high status as earned. White fans want that accept. That is a hater comment. White fans, I'm about to hate you. White fans want that acceptance too. They saw Max acceptance and internalized it as their own. On top of however much they enjoy listening to the lesser version of the progressive rap scene in Los Angeles, Miller's success shows that white fans still need that feeling of thinking they've been allowed in. It was never only about the music with Mac. It was about how he started in hip hop, what white fans saw in him, and how black fans and artists are secretly drawn to rappers that treat us with respect. He wasn't craven or embarrassing like Post Malone or Yeet, which means Miller can be invited to a Jay-Z tweet thread of all-time greats that he had no business being in. And the sign... I mean, he's not wrong. Like, the nigga... Like, like Jay-Z literally tweeted about him. <laughs> like, and there's so many better rappers that Jay-Z has never tweeted about or acknowledged. And a sign of real progress, Jack Harlow's latest album... Okay. Come home, the kids miss you. <laughs> every every other every other week, niggas fucking treat Jay Z like God. But Jay Z tweets about Mac Miller and is like, "Whoa, 
how do you earn that one? Not even that. Like, come it's on. just like what is Jay Z on talking about I, this time? Like come I on. guess Jay Z got paid to like big up like all right, just just finish, bro. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I, I just have two comments. On this whole thing, one. I'm trying to see where he links the Harlow and Mac Miller. That's what I'm about to say. Is this article even about Jack Harlow or is it about Mac? And and my other thing is like, all right, if we just want to compare the come up, like, even though I think, all right, fine, whatever, that's fine. If you want to say like the first three, the first three projects, it's like, all right, this kid's Mac Miller, all this hype, and just like, no, but y'all, but y'all have, y'all gotta stop acting like, like, but to not acknowledge. How the music has significantly transformed and transcended, quote unquote. I wouldn't call even Mac Miller really a rapper. On come the on, that's what I'm saying. That, like circles, Chance some is moments this, on Chance watching is movies. Making this nigga's point. Chance literally just said this nigga transcended the genre. That's literally this guy's entire point. Is that like this entire thing about white people occupying the space of hip hop, and then they get this love that oh now they're suddenly like above this shit. And a lot of that love not comes above from white it, support. just something doing something completely different, something else. Not hip hop anymore. Like, was he even rapping on most Bro, of swimming, why, yes, most of circles? Yes, Divine yes, feminine. Was why, he the whole a little bit like the thing that like confused me is the fact that I can't kill anything about Mac Miller's career when Mac Miller's career and Tyler the Creator's career are literally equal slopes. Like those, they're on the fucking exact same trajectory of project. You could say Bastard was better than Max early shit, Bro, which it was, no, that's but still la- that's they did the comparison. exact same career. It's a lazy. That lazy? It's a lazy. They did the comparison. exact same career. A, Tyler came out as shock rap. It's not the same. Mac Miller came out as frat it's rap. It's not the same. They both career. got more serious. Bro, Tyler was a part of a collective. Like what? That's a fully different start. He was. What? He was literally. So he was, was making, Mac. No, he wasn't. Mac had a crew. God, nigga said he had a crew. Tyler was selling albums with a, with like selling songs with a, a collective of people. Broke out of that, found his identity, and still like that's like that's what I'm saying. No, 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 Tyler, no, no, no. Was you the catalyst of the collective. He was the founder of the collective. But, he was the main guy of the collective. The collective is basically Tyler. Nah. When Tyler said the collective was no more. The collective was no more. Nah, that's, that's this was Tyler. This is not true. <laughs> This is true. I was nigga, this I was the odd future fanboy. But you it's can't not tell me but how you, odd but, future happened. But you can't this is absolutely but, true. But looking back at odd future, like niggas cannot tell me that it was all like you looking back, yeah, you might be able to tell me, but in the moment, niggas were listening in to the odd moment, future. Tyler was odd the future. leader. In the moment he was the de facto leader. Obviously he was the leader. What does that have to do with anything? I'm saying if you, it was unquestioned. Just, there was no Tyler and this guy. It was Tyler. And our our future, future grew as Tyler grew. Like they, the growth was synonymous with each other. They were equal. You can't say like, oh, Tyler grew because of the group. The group was Tyler. I'm not saying. Group. I'm not saying he grew because of the group. I'm just saying like him having to find his like identity and like the music that he was making with the group is like more of like a reason that his first like goblin and shit sounded the way that it did it's like that's an artist trying to it's like kevin abstract music coming out of brockhampton it's like yeah the nigga's gonna have to find his footing for a second because all the music that he's been making is coming from this group other yeah, thing with saying. tyler thing the, mu- the sound of the group was tyler's sound is what i'm saying like our future sound was tyler like that was tyler well, whether you want a chicken or the egg regardless like that's what i'm saying is like that it was responsible for the first three projects once the odd future shit dropped, he started changing a little bit more. The other reason I wouldn't compare those two discographies is because like you can look at Igor and you can look at Tyler's first project and you can still see the same shit versus Mac Miller, Donald Trump versus Swimming. Sounds like it came from two completely different artists. I'm not letting get off either. You can't go from Igor to Bastard and really see this other yes, than the can. fact that Tyler has like is in touch with his emotions. That's like the only thing. Like, Tyler's Igor era and shit, that goes back to Cherry Bomb. Like, that's when you really started to see, okay, Tyler's getting serious with the music shit. Like, you can't hear that shit. Or on, like, Goblin, Tyler's trolling half the time. Yeah, I don't know. It's just lazy. It's just lazy just because if you want to compare the trajectories, like, the, the thing, fine. Like, the weird adulation to not from Miller, To not acknowledge the music is just... Bro, that's, we can like I just just doesn't I don't know I feel it I feel his point like I see both sides like obviously the niggas hating that's what journalists do journalists hate like I, that's why I'm not here. that's why I'm not here to be like oh he's hating therefore his whole argument isn't valid bro every journalist has a voice and they have their opinion like he's gonna hate but like I like the comprehension is reading through the cracks and it's like I see some of the things he's saying the weird adulation for Miller makes some sense. He actually did improve I get, and yeah. got, I get some of the things he's saying. He actually did improve and dive into some risky production, but he was never a top tier artist. Like that's a fact. 
Mac Miller was never a top tier artist when he was alive. He was dropping projects every year. That's why I like I can't fully in rock. terms of that's why I in can't, terms of sales or in terms of quality. In terms of quality, and that's why I can't fully rock no, with your argument man, of saying like after he died, people found the music. Like no, Mac Miller was putting music out for everybody to hear every single year. It wasn't this thing where he was like best kept secret until he so died. So we blaming him just, or are we blaming the consumer? Like, like, no, the whole argument. That. The whole argument is blaming mainly the consumer. He, but swimming, he has came, no. He has these no, albums came out before he died, and they were of quality with the top albums of that time. Swimming, so swimming, 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 swimming was his last album. The Divine Feminine was too. No, it was not. Divine Feminine was not discussed as a top album. It wasn't discussed, but and so then it let's, was no, let's, to you. Quality, to you. It wasn't being dis- like you weren't hearing Drake in interviews be like, "Yo, Mac Miller's my flight. Like, Mac Miller's killing shit. I'm gonna take Mac Miller on tour." Like you didn't see Future. But Jay Z was letting those tweets off at that time. Like that is true. So he got a he got a Jay Z tweet. Some niggas were listening. It's just a matter of where you listening right. or not. In life, he became what you he was for that reasons that had more to do with the economics and psychologies of this era's hip hop scene than they did with his actual music. Like that's my only point. Like I got, I'm telling you as like. A homie that had white friends that like loved Mac Miller. Like my white homies put me on to Mac Miller in 2010, 2009. So like, I see what this dude is saying. Like Mac Miller had a very, very like him as a character in the space of hip hop. I'm not saying that like oh he's a Harlow or he's a Yeet where it's like white mediocrity, but like you have to clearly at least be able to see where he's coming from. Where it's like yo. No, I said I get it. I get it for sure with early Mac He's Miller. hating. He's definitely hating. But he's a New York... Yeah, this nigga Jason Buford. He's a New York-based writer. Lifelong Knicks fan. Loves Wu-Tang and his fucking English bo- bulldog, Joan. He still watches Woody Allen, Allen, Allen movies. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, all right, who is this See, guy? like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's hate, but it's still, like, it's still... Rooted in something, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem out of the question that Harlow will become a more working class Mac Miller, skating by with a do-gooder sense of ethics and passable music. Mac Miller or Jack Harlow is not to be blamed for this American habit of elevating mediocrity, but they are the ones to benefit from it. The cheerful-faced alabaster rapper never adds anything. They lack the deep pain and complexity that characterize the work of less famous black artists. So that's what I'm saying. I think that's his point. It's just like. Not to say that these guys don't have a space or that these guys are ass or whatever, but he's like, these guys are getting by by just getting by. Like, they don't have to do, they don't have to go above and beyond for their album to be lauded as like a classic or for their album to be lauded as like a great I just album. don't think, I just don't think. You don't like, like I don't think you like You can't listen to, you can't listen to Mac Miller last four projects and say the music quality from all aspects, the, the songwriting, the, the topics, the messaging, the production, everything significantly transformed, got better, got improved, more dynamic, and and say this, and say the music was just passable. You just can't do that. Like, Yeet, first of all, Yeet is literally a carbon copy of this generation's most revered artists, right? At least, at least of this period. I would, say, I, would say Malone, I would say he's more product. Post Malone he's, he's never even fully did the rap shit. Like Post Malone was really doing like the, bro. His debut song was the White soft I- pop shit. No, that's why. White Iverson Chance wasn't. is revisionist as fuck. That's why I can't even talk about passings with Chance. Like, what are you talking about, my nigga? His first song was White Iverson, and he wrote that song out for a year. I know people that managed Post Malone, my homie Oz. He managed Post Malone during that time. Like, it was rap for a year before he started doing anything with pop. Yeah, yeah, that mixtape too. I forgot the name. Yeah, the cover art. When when did the project come out that, that had White Iverson on it? That, the al- the that album, cover. that album, White Iverson was it was on an EP of like four songs, and then he dropped the other EP after, where he had a bunch of songs with like Key, he had that yeah. song oh, Monte, um, like he was doing the rap thing. He was being marketed as a rap artist. Yeah, he rapped for a second. Like I see, like I see where bros coming from. Like obviously, Yeet Harlow, Post Mac Miller, like it's Stone. not, a, it's not That's an easy, it it's not, it's not easy, and it's not like the most pretty thing to compare the names don't line up like perfectly but when you talk about trajectory and you talk about rise and like acclaim like bro this nigga jack harlow led the kentucky derby like his whole like he ran the kentucky derby like i get it he's from mac was not leading the kentucky derby all blue slide park though that's my whole thing he wasn't like if if niggas was giving him this type of acclaim like then like the the but 
But no, Jack that's, that's, his, point. Mac, that's like, his point, is that Mac wasn't getting the acclaim until he had passed, I would say. Like, that's when he got, that's when Swimming got nominated for the Grammy, like, all this shit started happening. And he's saying that, like, essentially, that reaction is why we're seeing Jack Harlow go so crazy. It's, the, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a progression. I don't think he's saying that Jack Harlow and Mac Miller are the same person, but he's talking about, like, yo, there's a habit, like, there's a habit of listening in, in rap. Like, there's a habit. There are habits. And, like... This is true. This white mediocrity thing is a developing habit, which is why we're seeing Yeet and Jack Harlow as... Like, I, I would bet money that Yeet and Jack Harlow are probably the two most Googled or talked about rappers in the last 12 months. Those statements are true, but attributing Max to white mediocrity and his fame to his death is crazy. I just like, niggas who that. Niggas who knew, knew, like... I was talking about Mac. Niggas were talking about Mac Miller when he was alive about how good this shit was. He got he got name dropped on a control verse by Kendrick. Like niggas who were paying attention knew how good this nigga was. So I can't let that part get off. That feels. I forced. can't get behind that. Yeah, I can't get behind that at all. You just sound like a hater at that point. Like if you just acknowledge, like you can acknowledge it's not your favorite, but if you can just acknowledge that the quality of music significantly transformed and he didn't continue to make Blue Slide Park six seven eight years into his career and made something like just even like go. saying he was piggybacking off like black creators which you can link a lot of max sounds to lesser revered black creators like earl vince anderson gold link all of them like all those sounds you can link them to a mac miller project and i'll give you that but max not the only artist doing that like every yay project you can link to a artist's sound who wasn't as big as yay at the time like come on drake every artist bites like but I think I think I just think his point is is like niggas were just so ready to put Mac on that pedestal where it was like other people and like I'm not like again I am with you. Give me an example of like a black artist that like died that people wasn't ready to revere their music or something like that because they put X on a pedestal after he died like that's just what they do. Well, X I agree with. I, but but I would agree that X, X is also in that habit. Of like, yo, we're boosting up, like, and even then, dude, X has had way more depth to his music than I would argue Mac Miller did for a long time. Like, that's why I'm saying it's it's like I feel you. I'm like I'm probably I'm more on your side than I agree with this article. But at the same time, like, it is very true that before swimming, like niggas weren't talking about Mac Miller for his content. It was it wasn't about the music. It was more about like Mac Miller, this anomaly, this white guy that's better than he's supposed to be. And like he's that white nigga. It wasn't about like it wasn't about like the music. Like niggas weren't going through and being like. I mean, there was a time where Mac Miller was running shit, at least for me. But that might have just been my circle. But like he's not wrong. He wasn't a top tier artist. Like we don't hear legends of rap, legends of music. We don't hear Quincy Jones like these niggas talk about Mac Miller. You feel me? <laughs> so what type of goalpost is that? Like I'm just saying. You, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. Can we just not acknowledge that maybe he was? Underappreciated before he died is that can that not be true? You also can't. But I don't think he was argument. underappreciated. I don't think that's what this guy is arguing. I don't think he's arguing that he was underappreciated. I think he was arguing that he was always kind of seen, and then after he passed, it just elevated. It just it elevated to a crazy level where he got a documentary, he got a biography. Yeah, he definitely I mean, re-entered he the young. mainstream once he passed. All right, let me just ask you something. And I'm not comparing him to Tupac or Biggie. Like, would you say swimming? But would do you-, you not think that them niggas dying early had a significant, like, almost unfair impact on how the world viewed them? Oh, yeah, 100%. And just how we would view them forever? Like, Aaliyah, Aaliyah was, like, 21. She had, like, two albums. Like, come on. But like, Biggie, this is but what Biggie, happens but when Biggie people and, die. Biggie and Pac were one and two. That'd be like if Drake and Future died. Like Juice World died. Like he had all right. He had a lot of acclaim, but obviously he died at elevated. Even Juice like, World didn't get the posthumous acclaim that Mac Miller. What? Oh, yeah, Mac yeah, Miller yeah, he did. He did. He did. Juice World became like the biggest artist in the world. But Juice World was already <laughs> the biggest artist in the world. Is what I'm saying. He was. He became even bigger. He sold like 500k on the posthumous. He was selling like he was selling those crazy numbers before. That's what I'm saying. That's that's where I'm saying like it wasn't a jump like Mac. Mac shit was a jump. Like, I know people that fuck with Swimming. And, like, Swimming was a classic to me. Swimming is a classic album to me. Um, but still, like, that, the jump that that album received before and after his death is crazy. Because remember, like, people knew about it. 
I think it was only out for maybe three, four months before he passed. And, like, everybody, like, people were listening to it. But, again, like, Mac Miller. Also, with Swimming, it came out on the same day as Daytona and Astroworld. So, that's I think that attributes a lot of the reason why a lot of people weren't talking about it. That's true. It was just, like, it came out with the biggest album of probably recent memory and then Pusha T's best album of his career. Like, well, it know. didn't come out with What's His Name? Because Daytona came out in May. Uh, no, I mean, te- it yeah. came out with Daytona, testing and testing yeah, in Astroworld. Yeah. yeah, that was in August, right? And then I think he passed maybe at the end of the year. The I don't know though. Yeah, he passed like two months late. He passed like early freshman year. Because by the time it got to the Grammys, which was like next March or whatever, the album was nominated or some shit. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I do, I do definitely, I, I do definitely just think it's interesting seeing the connection from. Mac, because I just know so many white people and how these niggas like like Mac Miller, and I just see the same kind of behavior for Harlow. I'm not saying that Mac. I agree with seventy percent of the article. That's what I'm saying. Seventy percent. He's definitely hating on Mac, like, because I yeah, will it does say, seem like he has some grudge against Mac that he didn't get to get off. Like, I don't know. He was alive just reading, he forced it. Just reading it through, it seems like he's just an old New York nigga, and it like to him, I That's think what I'm saying. he just looked down and he was like. Okay, I'm seeing the younger generation of rap, and I just see this nigga Mac Miller being talked about a lot, and it's like I'm not seeing too much music connected to him being talked about. Like, bro, you like objectively, tell me how many women were like tuned into Mac just because of the Ariana Grande relationship and like them breaking up and being back together, and then him moving on. Like that was a big narrative of Mac shit. That was overshadowing the music. <laughs> Like that's that's a fact, and I'm not. I'm nobody's saying it's blaming him, but they're just like, yo, look at what we. He just so happened to be in a relationship with the biggest pop artist in the world. Yeah, like, there are a lot of facts, but these are, that doesn't mean these facts are fair. Like, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> niggas can attribute Astro World success to Kylie Jenner. Like, you can do that too right. if you want, but that doesn't mean it's fair. Like, Astro like, World success know. is definitely it just, it's definitely because he joined the Jenner the family. Like, I want to get fair. behind this article so that's bad because we bring it up. We literally we literally bring this up. All the time on the fucking pod, weekly. But does that take away White from Astro World's quality? Does that mean the quality wasn't always there at Vance? Um, yes and no. Travis didn't talk about shit on Astro World. But it's still was it still okay? It's still what a great album, about? right? Because it got because it got marketed very well. He said he did a thousand. No, it's a great album because it's a great album, even without the sales. Oh no, but I'm talking about, oh, oh, you're talking about, you're talking about like the quality of music, sure. Yeah. I'm talking about sales, like the success and the acclaim that Astroworld got is definitely partly contributed to the fact that he is a Kardashian. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's all I'm saying. Two things can be true. That's what. That's exactly. all. That's all I think, bro. Is saying about Mac Miller. Yeah, he made music. He started out as a frat rapper. No, he's not saying he, that. He, he's he, saying he, that <laughs> the music is not. It's just barely passable, and he's continuing to get even more acclaim after he passed, which is just not. That that's not adding up. My only thing is, is like I don't know, cause we were we were big on Gold Link in the DMV just like early, so it was like I definitely see what Bro is saying, where it's like you left the frat rap lane and then picked up the jazzy shit and tried to like push it as like I'm on some different shit, but there were already niggas doing that different shit to where your progressive rap wasn't actually as progressive. Same argument niggas using with Yeet. It's like yo, you're not doing something as different as you think you're doing. This sounds a lot. But no, 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 no. It's That's not the also same still because not the same nobody, nobody was linking champion. a gold link. Right. Whereas, like, Yeet is copying Cardi. Like, Yeet Cardi's is literally a fucking... <laughs> one of the biggest artists in the world. Gold link, you just said, was kind of more known regional and, like, niggas who know and know. But Mac Miller is not a carbon copy of gold link. I'm not saying it was a carbon copy. I think it was just, like, he was adopting sounds into this progressive rap genre, but nothing he actually did pushed the genre forward. Like, Yeet. Which, or at least I will say is your yeet argument. And I would probably agree with it too, where it's like, yeah, he's adopting these sounds and it sounds good. Like, the music is good, but is it really doing anything to push the genre forward? Is the music really good? I can't, say, I can't, I can't say Mac Miller did anything after to this, push the after genre this moment, forward. After this moment, like, I just want to see where, where we're going to be championing this guy in like three, four years. I just want to see how we gonna reflect and look back at these projects. What? But we'll we'll await that. Who Mac or Damn. who Mac or Yeet? Yeet, nigga. Oh. Nah, I, I don't know. Like, I feel bro. Come on, let's wrap it up because it's been a long seven. We gonna wrap this 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 segment up. That was a long, deep dive. I wasn't even planning for that to be in the podcast because I just really wanted to see what the article was saying. I think it gotta go in the pod though. 
At least yeah. some of it. This was a important argument. I don't even have a. I'm just gonna play uh, Rip J the Youngin. This is Wake Up. Podcast over, dog.